All right, welcome back in another edition of the Damn Podcast. Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, alongside, as always, Angie Machado. Beaverblitz.com is where you can find her great work, her website. Uh, and uh, Stanford, the game, we're recording this on a Wednesday. The game is tomorrow, so we got a Thursday night special for Oregon State, who are coming off of a bye, and uh, a lot of, I don't know, I guess positive momentum going into a bye. I know it was a loss, but at least feeling better about where they were as a program. Uh, what are you thinking about this matchup against the Cardinal? You know, Oregon State, I, I want to be positive, and I want to be optimistic, and you know, I, I, what I, I liked what I saw in a lot of areas at the Colorado game, but Stanford's O-line is really good, and... <laughs> Their run game is really good, which Oregon State's defense struggles with runs. So as much as I want to say it's, you know, but Thursday night game, anything can happen too. So I'm kind of, I'm being wishy-washy, I know. I, I think it's a loss, but um, I'm, I'm hoping for a good game. Yeah, you know, undoubtedly, I think most people, if you're reasonably level-headed, you have to go with a loss is your gut, right? I mean, we can want the world, but it doesn't mean it's going to be given to us. Uh, some some positives to think about because um, there's a lot to talk about today on the podcast, but a positive for me in this matchup, Stanford's rush defense is not prototypical Stanford rush defense this year. They they are at the bottom of this conference. They are not very good at slowing down the run, uh, and they tend to give up some yards on the ground. So I think if you're looking for a positive, and I know they are banged up, but something that hey, how does Oregon State at least stay within? distance of Stanford instead of just getting ran out from the start to the end. I think it's running the ball. You're killing clock. You're killing time. And we've seen Stanford has that defense that gives yards up on the ground. We know Oregon State, by based on what we saw uh, with the new kind of play calling and just different mojo against Colorado, we know they want to keep the ball on the ground. So I think that's my one saving grace, Angie. I wouldn't pick and them to win, like but to, keep, to contend that way. For those that like stats, I just looked it up. Stanford is 97th against the run right yeah. now. So, and their defense nationally is 87th. So that's maybe it's not the same Stanford team, you know? For, no, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think it is the same Stanford team. I mean, they are Stanford. Let's. <laughs> you don't want to forget that, and it seems like they kind of hit their stride right on time. But you know, I just went into the Pac-12. Pac-12 rush defense. Stanford is currently 10th. They are one place above Oregon State, and Oregon State only gives up five more yards on the ground per game. Wow, okay. Rushing. So they, they so give Ryan up. Ryan Nall. Yeah, Meet Ryan Nall. Stanford. Uh, Ryan Nall, Thomas Tyner, Art Pierce, uh, Travoris Johnson. Let's all be ready to run the ball here because Oregon State on average gives up 200, and Stanford is averaging about 195 uh, per game. I like Thursday night games. I don't like them a lot, but I like them sprinkled in in a season every now and then. Yeah, like one one a season is, is fine, and um, it, the atmosphere should be good. You know, the students are all there. The weather should be decent. Um, it, it's a great night for football. National TV. It's it's odd that they've had two buys this year. The schedule worked out for them with that way with playing in week zero. I, I don't know how I feel about Oregon State football right now. It's weird when they when they're around and they're playing. And I'm re- I'm reacting to Colorado here, so so forgive me here. It's, it's just been one game. I kind of just I haven't really thought much about them being on the bye. 
Yeah, the whole buy thing is, like you said, not only is there two buys, but then now this week we play, Oregon State plays Thursday night, so you have Saturday, another open Saturday. Um, and, and last weekend was interesting because you're right. It wasn't like uh, Oregon State was on the forefront of anyone's mind. No, because the year, I, I, I do believe this, you can be optimistic about the future. The year's been emotionally tough on the fans. Yes. Oh, completely. I mean, fans, players, all the above. The the only thing that I can admit that I've been doing in related news to Oregon State football, I have absolutely, I have to admit, I've been playing the, would he leave? Would he go there? Would he be an Oregon State candidate? I've been playing the coaching <laughs> candidacy nice. game. Nice. Well, and I just was working on the uh, Beaver Blitz hot board, and I've added some names. I have changed it up so we can easily, like, I've, I've started to sort guys based on, you know, hot, warm, neutral, cold, no chance, you know, that, um, you know, like a Bob Stoops is coming to Corvallis. So um, it's it's fun. I mean, it is fun to play that game. Can you, um, w- without giving too much away, because I do want people to check out the website. I know you guys work really hard on it, and y- you're trying to stay as up-to-date on this coaching search as possible. Could you give us two names that you guys believe that uh, are realistic. Let's let's try to think of this. You you've mentioned Oklahoma State's coordinator before, Yurich uh-huh. uh, or no, not Yurich. Yurich, um, yeah, Yurich. Sorry, um, you you mentioned that name. Can you give me two names you haven't maybe said on the podcast? Yeah, you know the one I really really like, and you're you're gonna kind of laugh at this one, but um, Mike Sanford Jr. Totally like him. He's at Western Kentucky. I was gonna ask but- you where he's at. So he's 35. He's young. He's the head coach at Western Kentucky. Um, but goodness, he's, it's really, I mean, what he's done there and then his pedigree. So his dad is Mike Sanford, um, who was um, coached at USC with Mike Riley, also at Utah State with, with Gary Anderson. I mean, it's been all over with Indiana's head coach for a while. But what he, where, he, where his son has coached, though, he's coached at Boise with Chris Peterson. He's coached at Stanford with David Shaw, and he's coached with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. So he's got a good coaching got, tree. Got got a great coaching tree. And then one that keeps, you know, I, I don't know if you followed the drama with Jim McElwain over the past, you know, four or five days. Well, yeah, naked on a shark and then uh, getting ugly with the death threats and people probably wanting him out of Florida. I, I just think he's leaving the door open to come home. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm a Beaver fan, I don't know if I want him as the coach. But um, it's very interesting how, how that has kind of transpired. Bo Baldwin is definitely in the mix. Um, so, yeah, but, but like I said, I, I really, somebody on Beaver Blitz actually mentioned the Mike Sanford one. And that was, I, after I started doing some homework on him, I was like, huh, you know. Mike Norvell is another one that, you know, Beaver fans have talked about. Uh, I, I've talked to too many people, though, that like, have dealt with, with Norvell, like on the recruiting trail, you mm-hmm. know, people that have been recruited by him, and his offense at ASU. It was really kind of a one-trick pony. So um, I don't know how successful that would be in the Pac-12. We kind of saw him when he was at ASU. But um, there's some names. I mean, right now I, you have to keep Corey Hall in the mix. Uh, Jonathan Smith's in the mix. So um, there's, some, there's some names out there. Uh, full disclosure here, I have no problem admitting I, I maybe just am clueless on this. You said leaving the door open for him to go home in, in regards to Jim McElwain. What does that mean? Come back to the West Coast. Oh, okay, okay. He's okay, a West Coast right. guy. Oh, He's okay. from uh, Montana, okay. and he um, went to school at Eastern Washington. Okay. It's just been an interesting... So, I, Florida... I didn't know if you meant like an Oregon or no, Oregon no, no, State no, no. guy. He, and... he actually was roommates in college with Colin Cowherd. 
Oh, McElwain so, was, okay. McElwain, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I've spoke to some sources out in Florida, and, uh, you know, they said they don't see him just picking up and leaving. Um, his buyout's pretty big. They had given him an extension, so he was going through 2022. If Florida was to fire him, they would owe him like $12.5 million. But um, as Beavers know, stranger things have happened. I mean, Gary Anderson left $12 million on the table. So um, interesting, you know, this whole death threat thing. I, I think it just leaves it – leaves an out for him if he decides that he wants to pursue something else. Do you really think he would leave Florida for Oregon State, though? I, you know, it's a possibility if, if he is that unhappy. You know, if there are too many things that are making him unhappy or his family unhappy in Florida, um, I, it definitely could happen. It's also a strange story in the regard of he said, uh, he said early in the week that his families had death threats. And I read a follow-up article that said Florida officials were trying to get the bottom yeah, of it, and he yeah. wouldn't provide information. Exactly. No, that's why. So where he, he, seemed, he seems Monday, like a, he seems a little bit like an odd guy. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I don't know if he would be at the top of my list if I'm a Beaver fan or the Beavers administration. But um, just an interesting, you know, somebody asked him at his Monday press press conference. You know, Dennis Dodd on Friday had done this story, you know, saying that they wouldn't be shocked to see him go after the Oregon State job. So that prompted a question Monday, and he said no, gave a big, long coach-speak answer about how he wants to build something special at Florida, and then kind of went off on a tangent about, but my family and my players and my coaches have been receiving death threats, you know, kind of leaving the door open. Well, then Florida officials reach out to him to get more to the bottom of it, and then it got weird, and he wouldn't provide any more details. Just a strange turn of events. I have heard that, you know, both parties aren't super enamored with each other, so could be heading to divorce court well, before long. Look, Florida fan is, if they're not contending for national championships, and by the way, it's funny because they're unhappy and he's been in back-to-back SEC title games. I know they haven't been competitive or close, but they're at least in SEC title games. Yes. That's not good enough for Florida fan. They want Steve Spurrier. They want Urban Meyer. They want to win national championships, not get into second and and get blown out to the team that finishes the first. There's no doubt about it. I I, I believe your source is 100%. It, even from an optics standpoint, that relationship, it, it feels broken. I, I don't know if you can recover from it. Maybe you can. He's making his salary. They just released the coach's salaries today. McIlwain, $4.4 million, $4.4 million next year, and his buyout is $12.9 million. Um, for him to want to leave Florida and come to Oregon State, I mean, look, you're right. We have seen stranger things. Gary Anderson was one nobody identified or even pegged as a realistic opportunity. Maybe McElwain's in that line of thinking. Uh, it's just always tough for me to put myself there mentally, even having gone through the Gary Anderson stuff. Like, oh, he's leaving Florida for Oregon State? Yeah. No, you know? it's, it's a, and, and I could see, you know, administration being kind of enamored with that. You know, oh, we can get Florida's head coach. Um, well, if you want him out, you cut out the buyout. You cut the buyout in half, or you make exactly, it a lot easier exactly. to get him out. So, um, but you know, if I'm an Oregon State official, you know that that kind of it sounds sexier, right, to go after a guy that's a head coach at Florida than it does to go after a coordinator somewhere, a Mike Yursich that people are like, who? Yeah. What? Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of in that that mindset of I like the idea of a coordinator, a young, hungry coordinator that. Uh, you know, is, is ready to prove something. Well, and I think a lot of that too, Angie, has all to do with what proven commodity are you realistically in line for, right? If, yes. If the McElwains of the world and they're out there in all the Power Five conferences, are you a realistic player in that conversation? 
if you're not, then I'm totally with you. Like, let's go get, let's go hit on the next quote unquote bull ball win, right? Let's exactly hypothetically, the guy has a good offense. He's a proven head coach on a lower level, but successful. And he's showing that his offense can do some stuff in the Pac 12. I'm all for that. But if you think you can shoot for the moon and get the proven commodity, uh, I would, I think I would much rather still lean uh, that direction. Yeah, yeah. Than than the coordinator thing, and, and that's that's what I wonder too with the whole process because we found out that they're paying two hundred thousand dollars for a search firm, and I, I just I don't know how this works. I'd love to almost talk to Barnes, even just in in in, in a one on one, not even on recording anything. How does this work? Where search firm gives you a list of X amount of candidates, like how do you decide which candidates you? How do they know what candidates you realistically want to talk to? Like old exactly. versus young and up and coming versus proven. You can't just be giving them a list. That's too broad of a list, right? That's and, too and broad you're of a list. And you're paying $200,000. And really what that gets them, I mean, is, you know, the search firm's able to talk to agents and such that, you know, other people aren't able to talk. You know, coaches typically aren't going to just reach out and call people. So that, but you're right. I mean, do they have, they, I mean, they're supposedly vetting these candidates so um, are they vetting them on their interests? Are they vetting them on, you know, prior indiscretions? You know, what could show up in a background check kind of thing or on their social media? I mean, you know, I don't know what they're, what they're actually paying for. It's, it seems like a lot of money to me, but. Do, do you think, uh, I, I guess I get why coaches, or I mean, um, not coaches. I, I guess I get why programs do this. Do you think it's, it's better for Barnes to do this, though, than a firm? Well, Barnes will be doing it, you know, and I. And well, you know I have what I mean, heard, though, like going yeah, after the yeah. guys he wants to go after instead of going, "Hey, I'll pay you two hundred thousand dollars to basically just hand me a list of names." List. And and I know Barnes is reaching out to people. I mean, there was a rumor that he had already spoken to Chip Kelly, um, you know, either right after Coach Anderson stepped down, or you know, whether that was to gauge interest. I mean, it was probably a little bit of both, a little bit of gauging interest in him and also picking his brain of what guys he should he should be talking to. Does he have a relationship with Chip? Not that I know of, but I had heard this from several sources that this happened. So, Yeah, I'm not going to go down the uh, – I'm not emotionally going into the Chip uh, you know, I, lane Chip, there. I, just, I think Chip would have been named by now if it was Chip, and I have heard from several reliable sources that Chip is actually kind of in line for the next for UCLA if and when Jim Mora. Yeah, I had uh, I had somebody um, that I know that does business on our radio station, and he's a huge UCLA guy. And he's he's heard the same thing. Yeah, he's pretty. He knows he knows a couple prominent boosters down there that like hook him up when he goes to LA. And he was like chipped to UCLA. They want it so bad. They just they want it to happen. So you know if they're willing to step up and pay the you know the buyout of Mora, which is pretty substantial, and pay that fat salary that Chip's gonna want, then great. I just. The chip to Corvallis just doesn't seem realistic to me. One, if he's going to put the coach, because if whatever he goes, that's going to dictate his future, right? If he flames out again, at best, he's only going to be a coordinator until X amount of years. So if you wanted to go win and prove to people you can win soon and again and, and, and be a dominant coach, are you going to Corvallis, Oregon? Because I don't know if that's happening for you. Exactly. And exactly. I guess that's what how I feel about Chip. Um, and, and I think there's be you know too many too many Beaver fans would either love it or they would hate it. Having a duck retread coach. Yeah, uh, I don't know why you'd hate it. I yeah, I think he's going to win. We should have had. I mean, we should have got Rich Brooks. 
Yeah, yeah. Does did that matter to people? <laughs> Rich Brooks, the Oregon State grad who went to coach at Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you would have got even if you would have got a, a Mike Bellotti, you know, after Oregon, would that have bothered? I wouldn't have been bothered by that. Bellotti built yeah. a good program. Yeah. I did. just care about winning. That's what I care about. That's now. right. Just win. It's back to my just win, baby. Yes. Whatever it takes. And <laughs> bags of cash in Brandon Spriggs' world. Well, here's the crazy Whatever it takes. Yes. I'm <laughs> yes. okay. Actually, yeah. $100 Actually, handshakes. Sure. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. These other programs are doing it. If you, if you want to win football games, sometimes you got to get into the mud a little bit. Um, I know they won't actively be trying to cheat, but because um, I was thinking about this too today, getting ready for the pod. It's it's October 25th right now as we're recording. They honestly, this could this hire could be done in three, four weeks. I know. Like, this hire is going to happen. I mean, seriously, that's... I, your listeners are going to laugh, but remember, I am a mom too, and um, I'm starting to think. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's almost November," and I'm one of those people that I like to put up my Christmas tree like right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Let's just get." But then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've got to do it like before that because things are going to get crazy right after Civil War." Well, yeah, the Civil War is going like, to happen, and then they're Civil probably going to have another like full-on coaching search like. Names are going to be flying around. I mean, it's pretty quiet right now. I've heard some names. I've even heard a couple NFL coordinators that might be interested. Not really excited about but about the you know that, but I don't know. But yeah, it's going to go fast. So the Civil War is what December first, right? No, Civil War is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, so that's right. That? So November it's like the twenty ninth or twenty yeah. eighth or something. So I or, mean, seriously, depending on what they have going on, they could announce that coaching the coach. Actually, I think that's like the 25th. 25th. Yeah, 25th. Yeah. Um, a month from today. Yeah, exactly. A month from today. And we've seen this before with other programs. Like, I do remember, I remember when UCLA hired Rick Neuheisel. They hired him right Wasn't it like the as, Sunday or Monday, right after their last game. No, they hired him. Uh, that game? Maybe for the last game, or maybe it was their bowl game, but they hired him and he was, at, he was in attendance for that last yeah. game. Yeah. So it's, it's not inconceivable. That the process goes quicker, and we're sitting there, and the Civil War's happening, and suddenly the new coach is being interviewed by FS1, ESPN, whoever's airing the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. That's, totally that's the happen. crazy part about it, is we're forgetting. I mean, I know a lot of people out there, like media types, are trying to obviously be the ones to break this story. But like, I think the average fan is wondering who it is, and... I think we're forgetting the timeline here. This thing is going to happen soon. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And, it, you know, when Gary left a few weeks ago, it seemed like, oh, this is going to drag out for a couple months. But we're already three weeks in. It's Yeah, it's going to move. I have 25 names on my coaching hotboard right now. How, uh, how, flu- how much has your list fluctuated? Um, you know, we haven't taken anyone off necessarily. But like I said, just today, I just seriously hit the publish button right before you called. And um, we've added names, but um, it was just in an alpha list. And now I've actually kind of really gone through and, you know, there's, you, you can't leave a less miles off right now. He doesn't have a job and he's unconventional enough to be like, F it. I'm going to Corvallis. Let's do this. You know, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, okay. I'm with you. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here with you. I think we agree too much on the podcast. I had somebody tell me that once. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, you guys always agree. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. I like the thinking with that, but I think I personally would be ruling out 
fits that don't make sense. Yeah. Les yeah. Miles has no West Coast tie. He's got no connection to the state of Oregon. Um, does he have a real connection to even to the state of California where you should be recruiting the most? If you, if you answer no on all those questions, I, I don't think it's feasible. I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So what about stop like agreeing with me? Stop agreeing. No, with no, but me. what about? I mean, I agree, but like I said, he is just crazy enough with the right pitch to be like, you know what? Like I said, f it. Let's go to see what we can do. But how do you? If you're yeah. Scott Barnes and Les Miles says, you know what? Give me a shot. If you're Barnes, I mean, you're 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 honestly contemplating doing that, right? Yeah, you're, I mean, why you would be crazy if you didn't. Yeah, because we at least know that the defense will be good. The offense is a big question mark, and I think that with any program. But this goes back like a Bob Stoops, though. Yeah, no, Bob Stoops happen. is not coming back. I don't think he's coaching. I think the dude no. genuinely doesn't want to coach again. Is not going to. I don't see that happening. I mean, that I that don't. Has I don't want that to chance. happen. I don't want that. That has to happen. more of a chance though than you know Bob Stoops, but. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I'm sorry. I'm I've seen the Mark Helford story play out. Why is it going to get better at a lesser a financially lesser backed program? Why? But you know like okay, so like on my list, Dennis Erickson is in the warm category. Not because I think he's going to be the coach, but he is interested. He has expressed interest. So you have to have him on the list. Um yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I agree with that. Um let's take the less miles example cuz I I want to just point something out here. This goes back to my Gary Anderson theory when I talked about not being surprised if he ended up leaving at the end of the year. Yeah. These coaches, they only have a a, a, a window in this profession where... Yes, a very they, finite window. Yes, that they can strike while the iron is hot. And that's why I thought Gary Anderson realistically leaving was not crazy. How many more years is the name going to be relevant or important to people? Um, I put Les Miles in this category in regards of... He was weirdly let go by LSU. Like, he was fired, then he wasn't fired, then he was fired. Mm-hmm. And now he's still at a pretty good age to be a head coach. If you're Les Miles, though, and you come back and suck, people will think that you've lost it and that you don't have it anymore. It, yes. By going to Oregon State, as crazy and ballsy move as that is, there's a risk that he he loses, he doesn't win, and now they go... Oh yeah, Les Miles. He flamed out at LSU and uh, was he showed us how terrible he was at Oregon State. You have to think about that. Coaches are going to be thinking about that in regards to OSU. I hope they get the big candidate that nobody sees coming, including myself. But that's why I do rule out the Les Miles of the world because they have futures. To, well, to it's, it's kind of like it. Erickson was. I mean, think about Dennis. Like leaves Oregon State, goes to the Forty ers mm-hmm. and then he you know gets out of that. But then kind of like his stint with the uh, Sun Devils. ASU, yeah. Same kind of thing. It was kind of like, okay, by the time he left there, it was like, okay, it's, it's, it's past him. He's, he's done. So he went off and was a, a running back coach for, for years and got to play a lot of golf. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess there's both. There's really just examples of both. I just, I, I'm, I, I just like, I, I'm with you. I like West Coast ties. Yes. I, and I also, and maybe I'm putting too much stock in this, but, you know, we hear a lot from people that, you know, Oregon State's kind of a special interest, you know, place that, and there's a lot of thought to be said for guys that have ties there. You know, the guys that have played, you know, the Jonathan Smiths of the world that have played at Oregon State. Yeah. Do you think they make a better candidate? Uh, I mean, I think it makes more sense than some of the bigger names. I, I just, I, even with Jonathan Smith, I'll admit, I fall into the bubble of, uh, does he have... Does he have the personality to be a See, head coach? I, I, I've said he does not have the it 
factor. It doesn't strike you. But but here's a, here's the thing, though. This is what we got to worry about. I'm with you, but what if he's a guy that hires the right staff? Exactly, exactly. Because and he can hire guys to do that. And now here here's the thing. It's not a fair comparison in regards to success on the field because one is so proven versus Smith has not. He's only been an OC. How many people would have met or heard the name Chris Peterson at Boise State as an OC and said, yeah, he's got it personality. Yeah, you're right. He you're doesn't. Right. He, he still doesn't. doesn't or Mike Riley. Yes. Mike Riley's not the, you know, the Pete Carroll it factor. Or, you know, I mean, there's there's some of the coaches that you, you listen to. I mean, even... Corey Hall, if, if you've heard some of Corey Hall's media talks or post, you know, his locker room talks, he has that swagger, right? That, I mean, even, you know, 40-year-old mom here was ready to go run through a wall. But, yeah, and I, I no doubt but about can it. he, you know, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff, though, that, you know, Ed Ray and Scott Barnes and maybe to a degree the search firm has to kind of sort through. Yeah, well, I guess that's what I, I was going to say was – as motivating as that was, and you know, I think Coriel has a great attitude, a great approach. He's a guy that I think genuinely cares about the kids, and he seems to be showing a good leadership quality in that regard right now. I think we need to be very, very careful here of falling into the motivational speech trap, yep. and this happens far too often in sports. Where, in everything. Yes, where the guy Politics, gives, business, yes. everything. Yeah, absolutely it does. Rhetoric on anything. Sports, politics, you're right. Religion, anything. The guy gives the right message or says it in the right tone and people differentiate right person for it versus yep. liked hearing it. Yep. And that's that's a dangerous game to play sometimes. And in sports, we have seen... It, you can't fall into the interim trap. Now, maybe he is the guy and he proves it and they get an upset win against Stanford and they beat the Ducks. Maybe that happens for them. At that point, he is more than worthy of an interview and Oregon State being the program they are, maybe they don't attract who they want and they give Corey Hall the reins. Great, give him a shot. But we need to be careful. I've had people on Twitter hit me up and say, Corey Hall should be the guy. Corey Hall's the guy. Have you seen and heard Corey Hall? We need to be careful falling into that trap because it's a very easy path into mediocrity slash basement by just thinking because the guy gives a motivational speech, it means he can coach football successfully. Exactly. It's here we are agreeing again, but that you Beaver fans have to be careful because this in my opinion, this is the probably the most important hire for Oregon State athletics. Ever. This is ever this is ever, ever. because ever. I'll harp on it one more time. I know people on the pod, you might not like if we bring back a same point uh, from previous weeks, but you're either in football or you're out of football. You're in between football and you're out of it. So they need to decide how into it are they. If they're going in and they want to win and make this the moneymaker it is, this hire is everything. And and all due respect, I don't, I honestly, to God, I, I love the baseball program. Uh, I support it. I go to games. Baseball is not making you money. Basketball no. is making you like a buck. Fo- Women's basketball, not making, not you, making any money. you money. Football is where your bread is ultimately buttered. We need to stop going, oh, we're a baseball school, women's basketball. Don't settle. Expect the best from your athletic program. Cheer on those other teams. That's great. I am too. 
but I I'm demanding as a fan and alum that they take this this hire as serious as we're talking about it. This is the most important hire in your program's history, and your financial future rides on you hitting this hire. Exactly. It has to be a home run. This can't Oregon State now is already going to be set back with recruiting because they're I mean, honestly, they're just trying to keep the guys they have right now. Um and if you have to build another new system and all the different things that we heard, you know, when coaches come in, you can't afford to be set back another, you know, another four years and, or three years and then have it be a failure. Exactly. It, it can't happen. Absolutely, 100% cannot happen. Yeah, because how do you, you hit, you hit on the wrong hire, how do you recover um, and the program now two, three, maybe four years from that point is, oh, here's Oregon State, they're back to winning two games. Yeah, How do you exactly. recover from that? You can't. You know? you, I mean, Oregon State has a hard enough time recruiting guys, guys right now because they, you know, these, these 16, 17-year-olds don't remember Oregon State like 2012. You know, they were 12, 13. It wasn't like on their radar. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, um, I guess that's, that's the exciting thing. I know they play Stanford tomorrow. I I don't know how into the actual game you listeners want to get. Um, again, I think I think we all agree Stanford's probably going to win. The injuries, they are just so depleted. Yeah, especially in the secondary. Which, matching up against Stanford is might not the be, positive. Yeah, it might not be the worst thing. But seriously, I mean, that injury report, when you're down, what, three, four corners and yeah. a couple of safeties? Ouch. Yeah, it's um, it's ugly. But you know what? I'll say this, and my co-host doesn't like this. And the Civil War might be looking like a potential win here. I'm not saying it, it could. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but <laughs> their quarterback's got a collarbone problem, and they literally might be the worst team in this conference without oh, that quarterback. Oh, they look bad. Oh, they look bad. They look worse than Oregon State. I'm not kidding. And I'm sorry. I just and this is bad because I don't mean to rip on the kid. I know it's not his fault, but Braxton Burmeister is there a worse name in college football? <laughs> Well, I would argue that his star ranking was not uh, uh, was not lining up with the skill set and ability to play right away. I mean, that's not I, yeah, and that that uh, was he a four or five star kid, right? I think that he was, was a four star. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I Beaver Blitz. There's a couple posters on Blitz, and we always have our our all, our name All American player each year. You know, there's always a guy that has like a great football name. Yeah, Braxton Burmeister. It is not there. Yeah. But um, there's a positive in that regard. <laughs> I just threw Brandon a total curveball. He's like, I don't even know where to go with that one. I don't really know where to go with that one. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I also have just been doing a radio show all week and have done nothing but read duck texts about how, uh, how angry they are? they are. And yeah, I mean, like Willie Taggart and everything. But um, this isn't a duck okay, podcast. So, I so. mean, this is the Beaver podcast, but I'm just curious. I mean, I haven't watched a ton, but I've watched some duck games. Mm-hmm. Do you think Willie Taggart is the awesome coach they all thought he was when he came in? Well, I, I, I do think it's too early to come to a conclusion on either side. I would say the one thing, not one thing, there are a couple of things you'd have to be concerned about. One thing I, I, I talked about this with Crawford. He does an Oregon-Oregon State podcast, so me and my co-host did it with him. And I, I had said, you know, I think Oregon could do this, they could do that. The real concern or question was Willie Taggart coaching and calling plays. How effective yeah. was that going to be? That is a really tough skill set to possess, where you have the ability to call plays, call the right plays, and coach the team and manage 
real game situations. Hey, two minutes left. What are you doing with your timeouts? Hey, a minute left. You have two timeouts. You got to go. You got to go 80 yards. How do you manage your play calling with the timeouts? You know, just all of that. There, that is a lot harder than people give it credit. And I wondered about that. And right now, it, it seems to be a serious concern. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a lot for a coach to manage. Yes, and, it absolutely the, I mean, is. It's hard enough for an offensive coordinator who is just focused on calling plays to manage, let Absol- alone a head coach who yes. is trying to do everything. Um, I want to get back into this game. So here's yes. here is my also dream upset scenario here. Okay. Oregon State wins because one, Stanford gives up yards on the ground. Okay. And we control the clock. Two, and these are crazy. Crazy ideas, but I'm throwing them out. Two, Bryce Love does not play. He is listed as questionable at kick. He is. And some people are wondering, does David Shaw sit him for this game thinking they can get by knowing they have Washington and Washington State after these games? Yeah. No Bryce Love. Is Stanford beating Oregon State without Bryce Love? That's something to really ponder over. Scarlett's not bad, though. Scarlett is not, you know, he is, uh, he's actually a good second uh, option yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. The Portland native kid is not bad. But it leaves a little room for hope, and hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things is what they said in Shawshank. It might be the best of things. That's all as I'm a be- As a Beaver fan, that's all you have right now. I am skipping the Blazer Clipper game to stay home just to watch this game. And that hopefully does not turn out to be an Oregon State loses 35 to 3. But uh, I, I, would, I would really like to watch the Clippers lose at the Moda Center in Portland, and I'm passing that up on the off chance Oregon State can hang and keep this a game. Yeah, and I was planning to you know, let Amy and Marcus handle the game and stay home and watch it, and I've changed my tune, You're and I'm going? going down. I am wow. going down. Yeah. I know. There's a part of me. I don't know why. There's a part of me that wants to go. Yeah, I'm just. I kind of was in that. Like, I just decided like this week. I was cause, like, I can do it from home, and Amy and Marcus are there. They can handle the the interviews and such. And then I don't know what got into me the other day. I was like, you know what? It's nice. I don't have to drive home in the in the rain. I'm going. I I found somebody to take my kid to football, and I am going to Oregon State. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to see a 35-3 either. No, no. But you know what? I'm sure the players and coaches listen to the podcast and are like, oh, gosh, guys, we have to do well now because Angie and Brandon said so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that is like the top oh, of their list right It's now. playing in the locker room right now as it we is. speak. Come on. Let's go, Beavs. Um, <laughs> real quick, season's more than halfway over. Rapid fire, mid-season grades, and then we will uh, sign off on this podcast. This is a shorter podcast, but, you know, we'll sign off. We've talked a lot, a lot about a different, uh, if I could talk. We've talked a lot about different things. Mid-season grades for you. I will start. Yeah. Offensive line. Um, offensive line, I'm going to give a, in, in last game they actually played better, but I'm going D. I have not been impressed with the offensive line. Uh, I'm going D plus, and okay. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, quarterback. Oh, C minus. C minus. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm going D minus. Okay. For what I thought versus what I've seen, yeah, not. Uh, not yeah, they haven't improved at all. Running backs. Um. Well, see, this, like last week, excuse everything a little bit, but um. Colorado's a bad team. Let's keep. Yeah, they're let's a bad bear team. that in mind. Let's bear that you in know, mind here. I'm, I'm going like a C average. Okay. I expected more from them, but 
I will go B minus. I can't put a lot of blame on them. Wide receivers. E. C minus D plus. Yeah, I'm going flat D. Okay. Um, I like some of the step up play by some of these guys, but for the most part, yeah, D. Uh, tight ends. Tight ends. Um, I'll go C. Average. Yep. I'll go C as well. Um, all right. Transition over to the other side of the ball. Defensive line. Um, D. Yeah. I actually go D minus. Their goal, minus, yeah. their goal was, was about sacks. They just they don't do it. I, I, I was I was gonna actually give an F, but I hate giving F, so I just went D. Yeah, you never want to be quite that jerk of a teacher, right? The yeah. F person. Yeah. Um all right. Linebackers. You know, I'm gonna go I would give them a B, but I'm going C because they just have struggled all season to wrap up tackles. So C. Um I'll go C plus. I'll go a little more optimistic. Okay. okay. At times I've I've liked it, and then other times I'm like, come on, guys! Like, where is this consistency at? A uh, secondary. You I, know, I'll, I, I'll go. I'll go cornerbacks. Let's let's break it corners. up. Corners. 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 I. God, they just haven't done that great. I, and the, but they've been like killed with injuries. I mean, you have your best returner back after losing guys, and and Xavier Crawford's been out, but probably C, C minus. Um. I'm, I didn't. Ex- I didn't know what to expect this year. That was an area that I think preseason I might have said I liked a little more than other people. I'd have to go back and listen to the pods back then. But uh, I am going to go C minus, and then safety play. Safety's been kind of all over the board. I do like the play of the young guys that we've seen. Yes, but I've seen a lot of inconsistency, and I've seen a lot of you know not lining up correctly, taking bad angles. Um, but I do, I mean, David Morris and Jalen Moore, shout out to those guys because they have showed some uh, resilience there. I, I'll go B minus. I Gosh, why did, I hate that we had the same grades on some of this stuff. Really? I'm going B minus. I think David Morris has saved it. I've liked Austin Hudson. I thought, I think he's been a really in, incredibly active and just surprisingly good player. And, and, a, and a lot of this, though. A lot of the reason that we are giving these guys a pretty decent grade is the fact that the defensive line and and the linebackers have struggled. So it's come to the safety level for those guys to make plays. Yes, and uh, Jalen Moore, I know he's been dealing with injuries, but you know at times he can be pretty decent. Uh, Special teams, that's probably the best one, right? Yeah, I mean, what, B plus? I'll go A minus just because everything's been so negative in so many different areas. Yeah, about what we'd expect. No Fs. I, I bet you there's fans out there that would give Fs. Um, I, every week, Eric and I do a he said, she said review of the game. And we do offense, defense, and, and coaching overall. And I have given a few Fs the coaching staff this, this season. Yeah, I mean. Because in my opinion, you have coaches making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they, they need to be able to take the heat because, you know, I hate piling on young kids. Young guys that are, you know, trying. Yeah, yeah. I think the coaching staff might be the biggest. Uh, Although, you know, my, my stats teacher, you know, I probably should have, you know, when I I never got an F, but you know, maybe you know they're they're making good money for my poor little, you know. Right, but th- this is my point, though. I think if fans were grading out and you got to the coaching yes. staff, that they would be the ones that get the most Fs. Yeah, yeah. Based on what we have seen. Uh, all right, what's your prediction? Score prediction real quick for Stanford, Oregon State. Oh, my gosh, I haven't even made one yet. Oh um, I'm going to go 32-24, Stanford. 
Ooh, so the Beavs cover. It's a 23-point spread. <laughs> really? That that feels a little too... I know this sounds crazy. That feels a little too big. It feels like this game's going to... The clock's going to go. A lot of people... There's going to be a lot of runs. Yeah, no, see, yeah, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I bet, I would take the Beavs and the points. Uh, I will assume Bryce Love plays, which if he doesn't, oh my God, I'm going to be so ecstatic. But assuming Bryce Love plays, uh, I will go Stanford 37... Oregon State, 20. Okay. Stanford, 37. Oregon State, 20. I said 32-24, right? Yes. Okay. So I, because I, we do a staff prediction, so I have to write mine up. So there I don't want to be, I don't want to deviate from, you know, and have multiple pr- predictions floating around out there. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to get to this week? No. Um, yeah, just keep listening. Thank you for those that listen and um, it's great to hear from you guys on social media and, you know, check out Beaver Blitz and, and make sure to listen to Brandon's show. We didn't do any uh, damn questions this week. Apologies on that. I dropped the ball on that one. We will do them next week. We'll get back into that. Um, and we might have some exciting news, some cool uh, announcement to uh, to make here on the, uh, the next edition of the damn podcast. Uh, some exciting stuff for Angie and myself in regards to the damn podcast. So we appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for rocking with us. If you disagree on anything, you can tweet us at Brandon Sprague or at, uh, at Angie Machado one. Yeah, let's and, hear your, what you disagree with us on. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. And if you don't tweet us, we'll get into it next week. You can give some damn uh, some damn questions about coaching stuff, what you saw on the field against Stanford, and uh, we'll talk next week. Don't forget BeaverBlitz.com and 1080 The Fan, noon to three Monday through Friday. I'm Brandon Sprague. It's been Angie Machado, and we'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of the Damn Podcast.